Chapter Five of Uncle Remus Returns by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Chenevere. How Brother Rabbit Brought Family Trouble on Brother Fox. The little boy sat in a thoughtful attitude after Uncle Remus had told him how Brother Rabbit had fraudulently secured Brother Fox's pullets. He had been taught never to ignore the difference between right and wrong, justice and injustice, and in his mind the line between the two was sharply and deeply drawn. He sat reflecting while Uncle Remus busied himself about his workbench, on one end of which was his favorite seat. He arranged and rearranged his tools, and then folded his hands in his lap with an air of satisfaction. He evidently expected the youngster to make some comment or observation, and when he waited a little while he made a remark calculated to draw the child out. I'm feared you ain't feelin' well, honey. Something in that tale must have made you feel bad. The little boy looked at him, but made no response. Whereabouts in the tale was you tookin sick at? Uncle Remus inquired, with a great display of solicitude. Why, I'm not sick, Uncle Remus, replied the lad. Well, I'm monsters glad to hear it, the old man responded, cause you sure had me scared. A little more when I'd a told you for to run and let your granny look at your tongue and feel your pulse. The child laughed at this and then became serious again. There's something the matter with you, Uncle Remus insisted, cause ever since I told you that tale, you've been looking like you got more in your mind than you can tote. I was just thinking, said the child, somewhat shyly, he was always embarrassed when commenting on Uncle Remus's stories, I was just thinking that when Brother Rabbit got the chickens from Brother Fox, he was really stealing them. There ain't no two ways but that, said Uncle Remus complacently. But what was Brother Fox doing when he got em? Pullets and puddle ducks don't grow on trees. And it's been a mighty long time since they been running wild. No, honey, there's a heap of ideas that you got to shake off if you gwine to put the creeters longside of folks. You'll have to shake em and shuck em. Creeters could talk like folks in that day and time, and they can do a heap of things what folks do, but you can see the difference for yourself. Folks got their laws, and creeters got darin, and it bleeds to be that away. Brer Rabbit took the pullets, when by good rights he ought to left em where he find em. You larn for yourself that there's a heap of folks lots wuss than Brer Rabbit when it comes to takin' what ain't darn, and when you larn it, you'll look back on these times and feel so sorry that you ain't got em with you that you'll had to wipe your eyes and blow your nose. And I'm a hopin mighty strong that you won't be tryin for to show off in no gal company when you does it, cause that'll make Miss Sally turn in her grave. These remarks were way beyond the little boy, but he accepted them as an explanation, though it was not altogether satisfactory. He seemed to imagine that if the animals could talk and reason in the way that Uncle Remus represented them, they should have some idea of the difference between right and wrong. The old negro had no difficulty whatever in perceiving the nature of the child's trouble, and he dealt with it as seriously and as solemnly as he knew how. It seems like, he said, glancing at the little boy, that folks has got one way of looking at things, and it's all bleased to be just the way they think it ought to be. 
If they had different eyes, and if these eyes was on a different level, they wouldn't see the way they does now. What they see would be a little more slouch ways, and then everybody would get different ideas. Well, the different eyes and the different ideas that folks mother had, that's just exactly what the creeters got. What they see, they see slouch ways, stead of up in Dickler. Folks got their ways, and the creeters is got down, and these yer ways was proned in em from the fust. Creeter law ain't folks law, know how you can fix it, Uncle Remus went on with the unction of a country preacher. There was old Bruh Fox with his pullets and his puddle duck. You done got the idea that Bruh Rabbit done wrong when he work his head and hands for to get hold on em. But let me ask you this. Where did Bruh Fox get em? He ain't got em at home, cause he was toting em dar when we fust run across him. He ain't get em in the woods, cause pullets and puddle ducks ain't grow on trees, and if they is, Bruh Fox can't climb no higher than he can jump. Now you can put it down and care for that wheresomever Bruh Fox lay hands on em, he ain't by em, and neither was they gun to him. That much you don't have to guess at, you just knows it by your nose and your two big toes. Let alone that, the pullets and the puddle duck might not have belonged to the one what Bruh Fox took em from and I bound you dat twould take a mighty long time for to hunt up and search out the nicknames and the uh, pedigrees uh, all them what had em fold bro rabbit dropped em off in his rasher bag. Uncle Remus paused to take note of the direction of the wind and the appearance of the sky, then he sighed and closed his eyes. After a while the spirit seemed to move him and he straightened himself on the workbench and exchanged the somewhat uncomfortable seat for a chair. "'I'm mighty glad you spoken up and say what you did, honey,' he remarked. "'Cause a little mo' and I'd a up and a whirled in and a told you the tutter part of that tale about Brer Rabbit and the pullets and the puddle duck. I sure would. And then you'd a felt so mighty sorry about the way the creeters look at things that you'd a went behind the smoke-house and a boo-hooed just like your gizzard was gwine to break in two. The little boy gave the old negro a quick glance of reproach. Why, Uncle Remus, he exclaimed, I thought you always finished a story when you begun it. You said so yourself. In spite of a desire to treat the child seriously, Uncle Remus grinned broadly. The way I look at it, honey, you had a harness two horses one at a time, lessen you got a man for to help you. And when you're tellin' a two-horse tale, you had to tell em one at a time. If I was to try for to tell em both at once, you'd have run to the house and tell your granny that old man Remus had done gone and got rid of his seven senses, and was tryin' for to give you a good strong dose of Chinese, and when you done that, Miss Sally show would preach my funeral march. I wasn't born yesterday, and I take notice that yo daddy ain't got the double-barrel gun, and that Miss Sally don't have but one horse for to haul her to church Sundays. That our double buggy that yo daddy used to drive up dar in Atlante would look mighty funny if it had more than one horse hitched to it. Lawsy, yes. Everything is more lamer now than what it used to be. And I bet you right now 
that if the truth was known, we are standing on our heads. The little boy was obliged to laugh at this whimsical explanation, and this gave Uncle Remus as much pleasure as the stories gave the child. If you wet your thumb and turn back in your mind, don't be hard for you to remember that Brer Fox told Brer Rabbit that if he can get them two fine fat pullets from his old woman, he's more than welcome for to get em. But when Brer Fox say that, the pullets was hangin' up at Brer Rabbit house. He done got em with that piece of paper what he took and show old Miss Fox. Dat what made him laugh so loud and so long. Well, sir, at a Brer Rabbit get done laughin', he moseyed off home where his wife and children live at, and Brer Fox, he went on towards his house where his old woman live at. If he'd a had his eyes shut, he'd a knowed when he got dar, cause old Miss Fox was standin' in the door waitin' for him. She gun to jaw at him long fore he got in listenin' distance, and you might a heard her a mile a mo. When he got where he knowed what she was sayin', he ain't say nothin'. He just amble long twill he come to the door. By that time, old Miss Fox was so mad that she can't say nothin' and do justice to herself. So she does stand dire and make motions with the broom what she had in her hand. Brer Fox, he wiped the purse sweat off in his face and eyes and say, It seems like to me that I hear you talkin' to someone just now. What was you sayin', sugar honey? Soon as she can catch her breath, she low, I'll sugar you, I'll honey you. What make you fetch Villas home if you gwine to send em off again? What you want to put yourself to the trouble of totin' it to this house when you know you're gwine to give it away just as soon as you turn your back on the place? And what business you got sendin' old Miss Rabbit the two fine fat pullets what you brung home when they made me dribble at the mouth the first time I seen em? And I ain't more than seen em, for here comes old Brer Rabbit a bowin' and a scrapin' and a sipperin' and a sniggerin' and he now that you done sent him for the pullets. If it had a dust been his own known sesso, he'd a never got them pullets in the round world. I'd a gouged out his goosel first. But here he come with a letter what you writ, though you know good and well that when it comes to writin' I don't know B from Bull's foot. Brer Fox shook his head. He say he ain't never writ no letter, cause he done a how and it seemed mighty funny to him that his sugar honey and dumplin' pie don't know dat much. Old Miss Fox, she low she did that dumplin' pie ate chicken pie, and then she rail at Brer Fox. How come you givin' pullets to old Brer Rabbit and his family when your own chillin' twixt your laziness and the hard times is gwine round here so gaunt that they can't make a shadow in the moonshine? You know mighty well, none better, that we ain't never is neighbored with that kind of trash. And I dunno what done come over you that you are taking vittles out in your own chillin's mouth and feedin' that rabbit brood. Brer Fox vowed declare he ain't done no such of a thing, and his old woman vowed declare that he is, and she shaked the broom so close under his nose that he had a sneeze. Then he lowed, 
Does you mean fer to stand dar flat-footed and right fo' my face and eyes and where your old chillin' can hear you that you took and give Brer Rabbit dem our fine fat pullets what I brung home? Does you mean fer to tell me dat? She say, if I done it, I done it cause you writ me a pistle and tell me fer to do it. Brer Fox low, is you got to impertence to tell me that dus cause Brer Rabbit hand you a piece of paper with something or other marked on it, you ain't got nothing better to do than to up and give him the fine fat pullets what I brung for to make some chicken pie? This make old Miss Fox so mad that she can't see straight, and when she gets so she can talk plain, she vowed she gwine to hurt Brer Rabbit if it took a lifetime fer to do it. And there was Brer Fox just as mad, if not madder. They both sot down and grit their tushes and mumble and growl like they talkin' to the self. Brer Rabbit wasn't so mighty fur off, and he laughed and laughed till he can't laugh no more. But whiles he's laughin', he laughed too loud. And Brer Fox hear him. He say to his old woman, I'm gwine to get some rabbit meat for to make up for the chickens what you done give way. You be sweeping here in front of the door, and I'll slip round the back way and come up on him when he ain't thinking about it. And whilst you sweeping, make out you talking to me like I'm in the house. So said, so done. Miss Fox, she sweep and sweep, and while she sweeping, she make out she talkin' to Bruh Fox whiles he in the house. She say, You better come out there and go about your business if you got any. Here I'm constant a gwine from mornin' till night and you dire is a loungin' round waitin' for Bruh Rabbit for to play tricks on you. You better come on out dar and find something order to eat for your family. That's the way she talk while she was pretendin' to sweep, and just about that time up come old Brer Rabbit with a mighty polite bow. He took off his hat, he did. Good evening this evening, Miss Fox. I hope I see you well, ma'am. Miss Fox allowed that she ain't as pert as she looked to be, and more than that, her old man layin' in the house right now with a mighty bad case of the influenza ways. Brer Rabbit say he might have saw it. But it's what we all got to look out for, cause z's and trouble and one thing or another is all the time making the rounds of the places where folks live at. Then old Brer Rabbit kind of hold his head on one side and sort of smile. He up and acts, he did. Uh, Miss Fox, how you like that cut of caliker? What King Lion sent you for to make a frock outin? Reason I ax, I'm a gwine to see him this evening. And I most know that he'll ax me if you like the pattern. Miss Fox lean her broom again the house and put her hands on her hips and make Brer Rabbit say over what he done told her. Well, 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 says old Miss Fox, says she. The king sent me a calico frock and I ain't never laid eyes on it. If that don't beat my time. Brer Rabbit, he put his hand over his mouth and cough sort of soft, he low, he did. You had a scuse me, ma'am, says he. I'm afeard I done gone and said something that I oughtn't to say. When I knows what I'm a-doing, I never likes for to come twixt man and wife, if I can help myself. No, ma'am, not me. Yet Brer Fox is right dar in the house, and you can ax him, if you don't believe me. 
for one long minute miss fox was so mad that she had to wait twill she cotch her breath fore she can say a word lots of women would a stood up dar and squealed but miss fox she held her breath quick as she can she holler out no he ain't in the house he's out yon trying for to slip up on you about them pullets i'm glad you got dat idee says bro rabbit says he cause it's a liable for to keep down trouble if you was a man miss fox says he you might get the idea that he seed me coming and was hiding out cause he feared i'd ax you about the frock what the king sawnt you it sure was a mighty pretty piece of caliker and if i'd a knowed den what i know now i'd a got it from bro fox and give it to my old woman i sure would with that bro rabbit make his bow and light out from dar and he wasn't none too soon nutter cause he ain't mowed and got in the bushes where he can hide himself for here come old bro fox he look all round but he ain't see nobody but his old woman cause bro rabbit done gone along bro fox say says he where is the trifling scoundrel i seen him standing right here where is he where he gone old miss fox she up with the broom and hit him a biff side the head that come mighty nigh knocking him into one of them jining counties that's where he is says she and she fetch her old man a whack cross the backbone that sound like old miss jenkins a beatin that old rag carpet by hittin it again the fence old bro fox took a notion that he been struck by lightnin he fell down and roll over and by the time that old miss fox had mighty nigh worn the broom out he find out what was happenin he hot out why laws a massy honey what the matter with you what you biffin me fur i ain't bro rabbit ow please honey don't bang me so hard i ain't going to do it no more old miss fox says says she ay you owns up does you you ain't going to do it no more ain't you now wear my fine calico frock what the king sent me and all the time she was talking she was whipping him up with the broom mon the way she beat that creetur was a star natural scandal well when bruh fox got out in reach and she kind of cooled down she up and told him about the calico frock what king lion had sent her and she asked him what the name of goodness is he done with it and if he ain't brung it home unbeknownst to her who in the dashes and the dickenses is he geared to he vow he ain't seen no calico frock and she lowed that he done say while she was a biffin him dat he ain't gwine do it no mo bruh fox say he ain't know what she was beatin him fur and he was most bleased to promise not to do it no mo cause she was hurtin him so bad they put their heads together they did and colog and confab about how they gwine to get even with bruh rabbit cause the king ain't sont no fine calico frock and neither is they got the two fat pullets there they was no frock no pullets and bruh rabbit still cutting up his capers and playing the pranks on everything and everybody they say they was gwine to catch him if it killed every cow in the island with a couple of steers thrown in for good measure they was gwine to hide close to the places whar he had a pass by they was gwine to do this and they was gwine to do dat but whatsomever they done they was gwine to catch up with bruh rabbit 
Now den, it takes two to make a barkin, and one more for to see that it's done all right. Bruh Rabbit, he know mighty well, none better, all de gwines on in dat part of de country, and he make his arrangements cordin. He been used to keepin' his eyeballs scunt when all is peace, but when dey was any trouble ahead, he was so nervous that he'd kick out with his behind foot if a weed tickled him. When it comes down to plain nervousness, he can't be beat. Bruh Fox can't make a move but what Bruh Rabbit would know about it. He'd know when he went out and when he went in, and he'd keep such a close watch on him that was it about all he can do for to keep Bruh Fox from catching him. At a so long a timer, Bruh Rabbit got tired of leading this kind of life. He could have put up with it maybe a fortnight, but when it run over that, he go plumb tired, Bruh Rabbit did. Yet it looked like dat luck was constant a-runnin' his way, cause he ain't been dodging round in the bushes, tryin' for to keep out in Bruh Fox's way. He ain't been doin' this more than a week, when there comes word from old King Lion for to go and see him. It seems like the place whar he stuck the briar in his hand was killed up too quick and had done turned into a bile, a great pickin', and it got so that the king had to walk the flow all night, just like your pappy do when he had the toothache. Well, Brer Rabbit ain't no sooner get the word than he run right straight to the place where they done the kingin' at, and tain't take him long, neither, cause I let you know, honey, when Brer Rabbit take a notion for to go anywhere right quick, he just picks up the miles with his feet and drops em off again just like a dog sheds fleas. He got thar, he did, and when he see how bad the bile was, he kind of shook his head and rubbed his nose, just like the show-nub doctors does. He asked em why they tell him about this when the bile gun to show, and they say they been hunting for him high and low, and they can't find him nowhere, no how. Brer Rabbit put on his specs and low, Tut, 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 if this ain't too bad. I'm feared there ain't but one cure for a place like this. I hate mightily to be the occasion of any trouble, but it look like I'm just a bleased. King Lion kind of flinch and frown when he hear this, but Brer Rabbit say that the trouble ain't for him, but for one of his old-time acquaintance. If you wasn't the king, he say to the lion, I does let you go on and suffer, but being what you is, I'm bleased to pull old friendship up by the roots. If you want to get well, you just had to wrap your hand up in a fox hide. Not only that, but the hide must be so fresh that it's warm. Then Brer Rabbit make out he bout to cry. He low, I can't bar to tell my old friend good-bye, cause we done had so many a night together, up and down and round the world. The sooner you gets Brer Fox here, the better. But I'll had to ask you for to let me out the back way, and I'll go off summers in the woods and wonder at the flight of time and the changes that the years has brung. Then he bowed to King Lion. He say, The next time I see you, your hand will be well, but war will Brer Fox be? The king, he say, Why, I'll send you the carcass. But Brer Rabbit say, No, please don't, cause I couldn't bar to look at it. Just send it to Miss Fox. It might be some sort of comfort to that pole creeter. End of How Brother Rabbit Brought Family Trouble on Brother Fox